Hello, and welcome to the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast with Katie Papo. Our mission is to help you permanently end disordered eating, binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating, by creating a healthy and peaceful relationship with food. We are sharing simple and sustainable strategies to help you do exactly that. Please subscribe and follow and say hello. And if you haven't yet joined my email list, that's where I send out my highly detailed writings to help you implement all this even better. I invite you to join my email list now at katiepapo.com. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, and welcome. Oh, people are already here. Hello, great. So first of all, welcome to another episode of the Binge Eating to Food Freedom podcast. I am Katie Papo, and today we're actually starting a three-part series. So first of all, let me know that you're here, that you can hear me. Say hello in the comments. Give me a thumbs up, please. And I'll tell you a little bit about this series that's starting. So this one is specifically for type A personalities. So you are my people. <laughs> we are in, we are of the same mind. We are cut from the same cloth. Uh, so type A personality, some of the classic, um, first of all, you know who you are. I don't need to really tell you if you're type A or not. You probably know this. By the way, I'm sorry if you hear any background noise. There's a leaf blower outside, but it should go by soon. So really what I want to talk about here in this three-part series is from both sides. You know, when we have a certain personality type and we know ourselves, right, we have certain qualities, we have certain characteristics, and these can work in our favor or they can work against us. So I don't, I don't really subscribe to the idea that there are good personality traits or bad personality traits, or it's good to be a certain way, or it's bad to be a certain way. It's just a matter of using what you've got and making it work to your advantage and avoiding falling into maybe some pitfalls that could happen if you're not aware of these things. So the way that I see it is really, are you using your natural personality and your natural way of being? Are you using that to your advantage or is it taking you down? So in this three-part series, first of all, this is the first episode. We're going to talk about really the ways that this could take you down. Because for me, also, you know, being a type A kind of person, uh, I found that a lot of these things were working against me. But once I understood what I needed, I was actually able to use my strengths that came from my personality to end my binge eating, to end my eating disorder once and for all. And uh, in the third, so so the, the first episode, we're going to talk about like the pitfalls, the things to watch out for in your personality. So today you're really going to be like li listening through this list and saying, oh, yep, that's me. Got to pay attention to that. Oh, that's me too. Got to pay attention to that. And then you're going to have a much higher awareness of where you might be taking yourself down and sabotaging yourself just because of how you naturally are with your personality. And then uh, what day is today? Today's Monday. So on the next episode on Wednesday, we're going to talk about your strengths as a type A personality. And we're going to talk about how to use your strengths for your benefit to end your eating disorder 
as quickly, smoothly as possible. And if you are type A, you value efficiency. So this will be of interest to you. And then in the final episode, I'm actually going to bring a special guest who has also done this herself. And she's going to talk about her experience and what were the big things for her that helped her go from 30 years of having uh, disordered eating patterns to being free and returning to a natural, peaceful way of eating where food is just a non-issue. And she did that in a matter of, of, of short weeks, really. So really great episodes coming up. So today, let's dive in. Now, I'm going to invite you to be more active in the comments today if you are listening live, because we really want to get a sense of what you're dealing with here and which patterns relate to you the most. So, um, and they all lead into each other. So, so far I've written down eight. <laughs> I'm sure there are more, but let's go over these big ones because these are the ones I, like I've been talking to thousands of people, even just over the last few years and a big chunk of the people who are stuck in binge eating patterns and who have had an eating disorder for a long time are type A people. So um, I see these patterns coming up again and again and again. So I'm going to go over um, eight of these patterns today so that way you can identify them in yourself. So again, it's not that any of these qualities are good or bad. It's about how you use them. So if you're feeling discouraged after today, don't worry. <laughs> we're going to put the bomb on the wound. And next time we're going to talk about how to turn all of these into strengths. So be sure to come for all three episodes. Okay, so the first quality that I've noticed that uh, many uh, people who struggle with binge eating have, that's a very common uh, type of thinking for type A people, is the all or nothing mentality, or we can call it perfectionist sort of thinking. So when you do something, you are going to do it perfectly. Okay, so write in the comments right now if this if you're a perfectionist or all or nothing, write perfectionist or all or nothing in the comments. Let me know that I'm talking to you because this is the idea that when you do something, you go all in and there's something actually very exciting for you about going all in because you love this idea of a fresh start. You love this idea of being an achiever and setting big goals and accomplishing something. So when you set your mind to something and when you have a goal in mind, you really like the feeling of going all in. It energizes you. Now, this is a positive quality on its own. However, when we, it actually can sabotage you to a point if left unchecked, because what happens with the all or nothing mentality is, yeah, there is the, there's, there are those phases where you do go all in, but that's only half the equation because the all or nothing means it's all or it's nothing. And you can see examples of this, and I'm sure you've experienced, let me know in the comments if you've experienced this, uh, saying, all right, well, starting tomorrow is, you know, my big diet plan or my my meal plan that I'm going to be following or my exercise plan that I'm going to be following. So, so today I'm going to eat all the foods that I want that I'm not going to be able to have starting tomorrow. I'm going to eat up everything in the house that I shouldn't be eating starting tomorrow. So that way it's not even a temptation. I'm just going to get it out of the house, get it out of my consciousness. So that way starting tomorrow, I am completely focused on this one diet. Let me know if you have done that before. Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, someone wrote, uh, sounds like me, but I've never felt like a perfectionist. So the idea with perfectionist, you know, sometimes it's it's not, we, we don't always necessarily identify, you know, with that label, but it's still that notion of when I do this, I must do this perfectly. And it also, you know, the way that we can quickly spiral into that nothing part of the all or nothing is if we then mess up. So let's say I did my diet perfectly for three days and now I've messed up. I'll say, oh, my God, I ruined it. Might as well, you know, the rest of the day, eat whatever I want and I'll just start again fresh tomorrow. So, again, it's that all or nothing. And this is exactly in line with perfectionist thinking, whether we call it that or not. So exactly. Someone just wrote, yes, once I slip up even slightly I will say I've messed up already. Tomorrow I'll start. So if that's you, yes, we are in the same boat. And I definitely can raise my hand there with you because I have dealt with the same thing. And not only that, but how discouraging is that when you you're not allowed to make one mistake, right? And it's not just that you make the mistake and then have to start fresh, right? But when we're type A, we tend to be a little bit more harsh or aggressive, right? Maybe not to other people. But a lot of times I find that with type A personalities, your biggest critic is you. So when you mess up, it's not just that you have to start over according to your own mind, but now you're bad for having done that. You make yourself bad. You make yourself wrong. So now you're living with this guilt and you're living with this shame. Have you ever experienced that where it's not just that you know, you have to start over, but then you beat yourself. If you're your own worst critic, let me know in the comments, because this, I can raise both of my hands for this one. This was definitely me. So, so this is the kind of thing that can also take us down because that energy of judgment, right? When we judge ourselves, when we're so critical of ourselves, when we're so unforgiving of ourselves, it really makes it impossible to progress. Imagine if everyone in the world talked to you like that, how defeating that would be. Meanwhile, that's the voice in your own head all the time. Like a lot of people forget, you know, we live in our brains, right? We live in our body and we live in our brains, right? We might also live in a house, right? <laughs> we might also live with other people, but we're spending a hundred percent of our time with ourselves, right? We're spending a hundred percent of our time in our brains, in our bodies, so if we don't make these places, you know, habitable places to live where we actually enjoy living in our own brain and we enjoy living in our own body, what are we doing in this life, right? We're going to ultimately, even if we have the most beautiful things around us, we're, we're not going to have uh, as happy a life as we could. What a waste, right? Because you're constantly beating yourself the whole time. You're living in this... Um, in this negative environment in your own head. And that kind of thing will follow you everywhere, no matter how beautiful your house is, no matter how many times you renovate your kitchen, right? You're still living in this torture place in your own mind. So this is another type of little, um, I don't wanna say little actually, it's a huge side effect of having this all or nothing, but then the beating after that happens when you've quote unquote failed or slipped up. Let me know if you can relate to that. Um, so yeah, I'm harsh on myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And a lot of us are like that. So um, 
so the second pattern that I would like to go into now around uh, what can be a big pitfall for type A people is, and this is one of those things that can be a strength, right? But left unchecked, it's a huge uh, liability for you when it comes to ending disordered eating. This can be a huge make or break, actually, from what I've seen from people who actually do end their eating disorders, from people who do not and who continue to live with them for the rest of their lives. So that has to do with you being a hard worker, which sounds so positive. You are so hardworking. You are so determined. And when you put your mind to something, generally, you do achieve it. You are that type of person to persevere. Um, you will go against all odds. You will push yourself more than the average person. And for that reason, you are successful in many areas of your life. You might be really successful in your career or with your family or with certain you know, pastimes that you've had or things you've competed in. You, you have success in these areas because of that hardworking persistence. Um, and diligence to keep showing up no matter what. Now, the, re the way that this can really be a negative for someone who's struggling with an eating disorder, binge eating, food addiction, emotional eating, bulimia, is you, and let me back up a second. You likely, most people, right, will do, will, will try conventional methods to end disordered eating, which usually revolve around restriction. If you haven't heard any of my podcasts on restriction, I suggest you do. This can be a huge eye-opener for you. But the bottom line is when you are doing something and you're giving it your all, let's say a diet, right? And you're giving it your all, you're giving it your all, like you're showing up all in, right? That all or nothing, you're showing up all in. And when you mess up or when it doesn't work for you in some way, your reaction is to just do it harder and to try harder and to do it more and to keep pushing yourself. What this does is it can prevent you from seeing that the solution might not be right. I'm seeing people spend so much time, so much energy, money climbing up the wrong ladder. And then they fall off the ladder and then they climb right back up, not realizing that even when you get to the top of the ladder, you're not going to be where you want to be. When you continue to try dieting or some kind of restriction or some kind of food rule method, you are continuously fueling your binges, which means the harder you try at those things, the more you will want to binge. Dieting restriction is the number one cause of binge eating. 95% of people fail dieting in terms of getting gaining the weight back, oftentimes plus more for this reason. There are biological reasons as well, which I've gone into in other podcasts, but a big part of this is it continues to fuel cravings, right? On a psychological level, on a physical level, it continues to fuel. The more you starve and restrict yourself, the more you will crave the opposite extreme. And type A personalities tend to be drawn to extremes. So you will oscillate between extreme periods of where, you're, where you feel super on, you're following a diet, you feel really good, um, you feel really in control. Gosh, don't we love control? Then you swing to the total opposite direction. 
comment if this is you, if you can go, if you've been going back and forth between these extremes, um, this is something to identify in yourself right now, because if you continue to do the same thing, but you just do it harder each time or try more or try harder every single time, you're just fueling yourself even more to the opposite extreme the next time. I always say for every restriction, there is an equal and opposite binge and it will happen sooner or later. It will happen sooner or later. So if you are going into this restriction mode again and again and just trying harder each time, you are setting up yourself for a bigger binge down the road. And many of our clients have gotten to the point before working with us where they have been uh, trying so hard to restrict themselves for so long that they are now at the point where they cannot make it one day without a binge. And this is a direct result of, again, being that hard worker, but putting your work in the wrong place where you're actually fueling the opposite effect of what you want. Does that make sense? That's a really important key to know. So let me know that that makes sense in the comments. Um, let me know if you can relate to this at all. And there's another piece of this that goes a little bit deeper because, you know, a lot of times when we try something and then we fail, right, when we're type A, that's not going to stop us, right? If we fail, yeah, we'll, we'll beat ourselves for failing, but we're still going to try again. We're not giving up. Type A people tend to not give up, which is why we often are successful in other areas of our lives. But a lot of times what happens is you attribute the failure that you had to yourself. You attribute it to yourself and you say, oh, I just didn't have enough willpower or I just needed motivation or I just didn't, you know, focus enough on it. Right. You'll take it on yourself. You'll take the blame yourself rather than thinking in the direction of, oh, maybe it was that solution that I tried that was not a match for my problem. Maybe it, it had nothing to do with me. Maybe I did show up fully. Maybe I did give it my best. And because of that, you know, I can now draw the conclusion that that solution just did not work. But that's not what a lot of us do. We'll just say, oh, it didn't work. Well, I probably didn't have enough willpower. I try, probably didn't try hard enough. It's because I fell off of it. That's why it stopped working. So we'll blame ourselves rather than making the connection that the solution was just not the right one. Does that make sense? Because I've seen people and I see it, gosh, all the time who have been trying for 20 years, 30 years, all these different restrictive uh, modalities, you know, they all have different costumes on, but it's the same energy of scarcity and restriction around food. And I see the same people failing it again and again and again and again, blaming themselves, blaming their lack of willpower, uh, blaming that there's something wrong with them, blaming that they always self-sabotage. Meanwhile, then we train them into natural eating, rewiring their brain. And, and it's like, poof, now you are no longer struggling. Oh, food is a non-issue. When for years, this was the opposite of what was happening, where you were getting more obsessive. So it's clear that the, the and I've seen it again, over again and again, that the issue is not you. The issue is you are climbing the wrong ladder and you're using so much of your energy and so much of your time to do it. And something that is connected to that as well, that's another pattern that I see type A people falling into this hole, is 
you know, a lot of times we insist on figuring things out ourselves, right? We're used to doing that because we're hard workers, because we're resourceful, because we we always tend to, you know, scrap and, and get what we want, right? We assume like, I can figure this out myself. And that can be a great quality, right? To be resourceful and to really give it your all to try to figure something out yourself, but it only is going to be beneficial to a certain point, right? This is why a lot of successful people hire mentors, hire coaches, hire consultants, right? For things that they're not going to be the expert in, right? We can't all be the expert in everything, right? If I'm wanting to do you know, something maybe technical that I don't know how to do, right? Rather than spending hours and hours and hours trying to figure it out myself and then getting to the place where, you know, I'm confusing myself, I'm wasting a lot of my time and I'm not even sure if I'm doing it right. Chances are that's the time to hire somebody who knows better than me, right? But a lot of times when we're stubborn to the point where I have to figure this out myself, I must, I must, right? Then we can kind of screw ourselves in a way. And I, I've seen it again and again. Um, let me know if this is you, by the way, in the comments, if you're the kind of person who has always had that, that drive to figure something out yourself, right? This can be a positive quality. Once it's a, too extreme, it can, it can be a huge liability and it can be a huge uh, time suck, energy suck, money suck. Uh, I remember talking to someone who uh, had said to me, like, I'm determined to figure this out myself. I'm determined. And she shared a little bit of her story. And we discovered just in her sharing that part of her story that she was spending, you know, most people will spend between five and $10,000 knowingly or unknowingly on binges, dieting, other associated costs of eating disorders. She was probably at the lower end of that. So, but she had been struggling, right, for 20 years. And she said that this was consuming her, her thought power every single day to the point where when she was with her kids or when she was with her husband, she was still thinking about food. She was calculating calories in her head or she was thinking about, oh, when are they going to be out of the room so I can eat more, right? Because I want to eat in secret. Um, she was feeling so ashamed and guilty that she wasn't being intimate with her husband in bed anymore in the same way because she was so self-conscious. Even when she was, she wasn't even enjoying it. So, so it was taking up not only her time, right? All of this time consumed over 20 years, having this constantly in the back of her head. It was consuming her energy because this is all she's thinking about. So any energy that she might have spare, she's using on this rather than advancing in other areas of her life. Not only that, but over 20 years, let's say $5,000 a year, if we're counting on, on the lower end, that's $100,000, right? That's something that could go toward retirement. And we don't even notice it if it's just bleeding out over time. Meanwhile, that could have been compounding in her retirement account. We don't know. So she's losing all of this time, all of this money. This is the, mo this is the most expensive thing we can do sometimes is try to figure things out ourselves it takes our energy and it can take our self-esteem if we keep failing at it. It can rob us of so many valuable resources we have that would be so much better used being allocated towards something else. So when we insist on figuring something out ourselves, when it's clearly not working to do it that way, right? If it hasn't worked over the last few months, right? 
six months tops, chances are you are not the expert to figure it out. And I know that that can be harsh to say, but I've had to accept that I am not the expert in everything. There are a few core areas where I would consider myself very masterful and, you know, the rest, you know, I'm not, and I'll need to ask for help and I'll need to, and maybe I could figure it out myself eventually if I really, really tried. But the question is, is it worth all that time? Is it worth all that energy or money just to, just to figure it out myself? So, um, and another way really that, by the way, let me just check the comments. Yes, someone said, this consumes my energy so much. Yeah, this was consuming my energy too. This was one of my biggest motivators actually when I decided, you know, I when I kind of came to terms with the fact that I had an eating disorder and I said to myself, you know, I, I have to put all my attention on this right now because if I don't fix this, I can't move forward in my life in any real way, because I keep carrying forward all of these negative habits that are constantly consuming my mind every day. When you're addicted to something and you're obsessing over something, it is more energy consuming than anything else. Even if we have beautiful things in our lives all around us, we will not be able to enjoy them if we're constantly consumed by this. So I was seeing that I had all this potential, right? And I had all this desire because especially as a type A, right? We want to achieve great things in our lives. We believe in ourselves because we have potential in many areas. We can be, you know, whatever role we step into in our lives, we can do, we can go all in, right? We, and we want to, we want to make the most of this life. So we, if we have something, you know, the way I viewed it, like I thought to myself, like, I'm so obsessed with food. Like, this is stupid already. Like, the fact that I'm spending so much time and so much energy on this, I can't even focus any of my talents or any of my attention on anything else. I'm going to be stuck until I figure this out, right? And, and if we keep trying to figure out something ourselves when we aren't doing it ourselves, right, if, if it hasn't been working, you know, then then we can lead ourselves down a really dark road where suddenly we look back, five years have passed, 10 years have passed, 20 years have passed, we're still in the same loop. Where did the time go? Right? What was I doing? Obsessing over food and my weight, rather than spending all of this precious time that I'm never going to get back with my family, with my friends, doing things that are meaningful in the world, right? I could not even bear for one second to live that life. So even though I love figuring things out myself and I love that sense of accomplishment where I can say that I did that, but at the same time, is it worth losing so much of my life just to say I figured this out myself? Does that resonate? Let me know if that resonates with you. So I wanted to go into another pitfall that I see a lot of type A's falling into. And it can also really relate to those of us who have a more analytical mind. We think of ourselves as more intellectual people rather than people who live in our hearts. We live a lot in our heads. We do a lot of thinking. We might be overthinkers. Um, so if that's you, let me know, because what I'm going to go over next is definitely going to be connected to you. So 
One of the ways that we do try a lot of times when we're trying to figure something out ourselves and we do have that intellectual analytical brain, we start going into research mode. So you might research everything there is to know about binge eating. I know for me, I researched everything I could possibly find out about nutrition. I studied it in school. I took certification courses. I taught it. Um, I learned every single thing I could about nutrition, about exercise, about wellness, about healthy you know, eating, healthy living. I was so well educated on this because I thought the more knowledge I had on it, the more information that I had within me, the healthier I would be. In reality, what ended up happening, which I see happening often, let me know if this has happened to you, is the more obsessed I got with nutrition and learning all of these things and researching all of this, I actually started, my eating started actually getting much worse because now I had all of these rules in my head. I was trying to be all in with everything that I knew about nutrition, trying to follow all these food rules. Meanwhile, half the stuff conflicted with each other. So I'm trying to follow so many rules at one time. And because, you know, type A's, we're ambitious. Like, why not do it all? So we try to follow all of it. And then it ends up being nothing. It ends up just being, for me, it was just cookies and peanut butters at the end of the day. Even if I started my day with a green juice or a green smoothie and I was gung-ho in the morning, by the end of the day, it was the land of Oreos. So a lot of times we, we can go into these, again, back into this all or nothing because we are, we do uh, research. And the, the, the strange part about this is that when we, when we research and we learn all of these things, a lot of times we feel productive right? And who doesn't love, you know, as a type A person, like, I love feeling productive. Let me know if like being productive is one of your favorite feelings when you feel like you're accomplishing something, when you feel like, oh, yes, I'm getting this done, like that feeling of checking something off a checklist, right? So I would feel very productive when I would uh, learn something new or understand something new about nutrition or research something or have an aha moment, right? Or maybe this is you, let me know if this is you, if you've spent actually a significant amount of time, you know, when you're coming out of the binge cycle and you're going back into diet mode and you're swinging back to that opposite extreme, that you'll make like a very specific plan for yourself. Like you'll, you'll have everything laid out. Maybe you'll have like a nice color coded notebook. Or for me, it was always like, I would have these spreadsheets and these checklists where I would write like, this is the exercise that I'll be doing every day. And this is the type of food. And these are the supplements. And this is, I'm allowed to have, you know, chocolate once a week, but no more than once a week. And I would have like everything very well organized. Like I would spend hours making these notebooks and charts. And if I could only organize and structure this in the perfect way, then I will be the perfect eater and I will be so healthy and I will follow it. Yeah. I see a bunch of you like, yes, that's me. This was exactly me. And the, the, the kicker of this is that we feel so productive. We feel like we're getting so much done. But in reality, we are just literally propelling ourselves at hyperspeed back into the same loop that we always fall into again and again. So it's not, it's not only are we not 
being productive, but we are propelling ourselves into the same loop that we always had. And the mind is so tricky that way, right? Because we're like, yes, I'm making steps, I'm making moves, I'm feeling motivated. But how long does that last? Right? How long does that really last? For me, it would last, you know, on a good, at a good time, maybe it would last like 21 days, 30 days, but usually it wouldn't last more than a week. Oftentimes it wouldn't last more than a day. I remember once on New Year's, it was uh, the night before New Year's, so December 31st, and I had my chart, like I had my notebook where here's what Katie's going to do every morning. I'm going to wake up exactly at this time and I'm not going to snooze my alarm and I'm going to have this as soon as I wake up and I'm going to eat this every day. I'm going to eat this many greens and all of this stuff. And just looking at it the night before New Year's, it was like nine o'clock at night. And I got so much anxiety about it. And I was like, oh my gosh, starting tomorrow, like I really have to stick with this. Like this is my last chance. It's January 1st. Like I really need to start on the first. By the way, that's another type A thing. You've got to start on a Monday or the first. <laughs> um, so I was all about it. But then because that anxiety was starting to creep up, I was like, oh my gosh, I just, I need to eat. I need to eat. I'm going to miss cookies so much, right? And I just started eating cookies at like nine o'clock at night. And I ate so much that night that I felt so sick that by the time midnight rolled around and it was the new year, I was still awake. I was so full. And I said to myself, there is no way I'm going to be able to wake up at 6 a.m. and do my plan. And I already set myself, I, I totally sabotaged all of it in the span of an hour. So all of that energy of being productive and being organized and, and loving making all that structure for myself, it just set me up for that, that other loop immediately. It just put me straight back in the loop. Sometimes it takes a day. In my case, then it literally took a few hours to get myself to the point where I had already messed it up right off the bat. So if this is you, please let me know that I'm not alone. <laughs> I know I'm not alone. I know a lot of us have been struggling with this exact thing. Um, so what I would say, the, the piece that comes up as I would say the biggest if I were to narrow it all down to one big pitfall that we as type A, uh, hardworking, ambitious people, the thing that can really take us down the most, if I were to just narrow it down to one thing, is that because we're strong, because we're determined, because we're hardworking, because we never give up, we build this really, you know, and this can be looked at as a good thing for sure, but we can, we have high levels of endurance, right? We can endure, we can endure pain, right? We can endure failure. We can endure disappointment, right? We can, we will keep showing up even when those things happen, right? So we have a really high tolerance to pain, essentially, whether that's mental pain or that physical pain, like we can just focus ourselves and just keep going no matter what's happening. Even if, you know, our, I don't know if you've ever had any experience like this, but just as an example, sometimes when I get into work mode, I'll totally forget I have a body. Like I'll be just working. I'll be so in my head. I'll be so hyper-focused that even if I start to have some pain, right, I'll just work through the pain. 
So I'll be like, no, I just need to finish this. Rather than listening to my body, getting up, moving, stretching, I will just work through the pain. And a lot of times we do this with mental pain as well. If we're really suffering in something, we'll just say, well, got to still get this done. Well, got to get to work. And we're just living our lives with this really high tolerance level. But what happens over time is this mental pain and this physical pain, whether it's from the binges, whether it's from the dieting, whether it's just the body being so fatigued from all of this or the mind being so exhausted from all of this, we will keep going. And we don't stop. And because of that, because we hold this, um, this like survival, it's like a survival mode, right? We just don't stop. We just keep going. Is that we a lot of times just keep living in survival mode. And then this becomes the new normal. Like this becomes who you are. You just are this stressed out person. You are this hyper, you know, focused person who, you know, just gets things done, but in reality is physically and mentally falling apart. But because you're in survival mode and you, because you've been in that way for so long, you, it doesn't, it doesn't feel abnormal for you anymore. It's just life. And this is, I think, one of the most dangerous parts of if you've let this part of your personality get too far because now you've let go of even the possibility of changing this, right? You might still be going through the motions, but you're, you're still keeping yourself in that old loop. Until we actually step back, let ourselves take a breather from the survival mode and really look at what's happening, we're not going to make big changes in our lives. We're just going to keep operating on survival mode, keep operating in autopilot. And you, what happens eventually is, you know, we're breaking our bodies and minds down. We cannot stay in survival mode forever. And usually for most people, you'll either have a mental breakdown or a physical breakdown, like a health crisis. This is the body screaming at you to pay attention. That's what it really is. It's the body screaming for help because you are ignoring and just living in survival mode, telling yourself it's not that bad. I'm still functional. It's not that bad. If you're telling yourself in your life around your eating disorder, it's not that bad, chances are this is just how you're coping in your everyday life. And this is what you're just living in. And a lot of times, you know, because when we're type A's, we have this, um, we can often have this big sense of responsibility, like we'll prioritize everyone except ourselves, right? If the spouse needs something, we don't even think about it. It's yours. Like you take care of you. Children, forget about it. I'll bend over backwards. I'll give you everything, right? But when it comes to ourselves and taking care of ourselves, not only do we not prioritize it, but we often actually see it as something that needs to happen as at the expense of our families. Like we'll say like, oh, well, I don't want to give this to myself because, you know, my kids need this and my husband needs this. I'm just, you know, whoever those your close people are in your life. I'm just using common examples that I hear. And what happens is 
we think that we're being responsible, right? We think that, oh, well, I'm just putting their needs first. That's responsible. I don't want to be frivolous and, you know, spend time on myself or spend money on myself or, you know, take care of my own health. There's more important things that need to be taken care of first, right? I'm being responsible. It's the responsible thing to do. Meanwhile, we don't even realize how dangerous this is for ourselves and how that directly affects our families. I don't know a single spouse who doesn't feel it when their partner is miserable, right? Everyone feels it. Your children, no matter how much you think you're hiding it, they feel it and they will pick it up. I was in a family like that. I have the most wonderful mother, the most wonderful father, but my mom struggled with eating issues. She's been open about it. She did our program a while ago, a few years ago now. Um, so you can see her video on my website. But when I was growing up, you know, my mom had eating issues. She did a good job of telling me, you know, that I should eat healthy and all these things. And she would eat healthy in front of me. But I felt everything from her. I knew what was, even when I didn't really know exactly, I knew what was happening. And I felt it and I picked up all that. And I also saw how much it stressed out our family when she was stressed. It's very difficult to be happy and calm around someone who's in survival mode, right? We affect everyone around us. And not only that, but we're not showing up as the people, you know, as the person who they love us to be, right? Every time that I've been in a really stressed out mode, Shahar gets worried about me, right? Because he loves me and he doesn't want to see me suffer. He married me because he wants to, you know, enjoy a beautiful life with me. And I'm sure that's why you're with your partner if you have one or why you had kids because you wanted to have a beautiful life, you know, as a family. If we're miserable, we cannot have that. If we have this undercurrent of all of this pain and all of this suffering, it doesn't only affect us. It affects everyone who's close to you. It will come out. I've heard um, one of our clients uh, who worked with us in 2020, she was always talking about how, you know, one of the main reasons she wanted to enter eating disorder was so her husband could have a freaking break. Because if he brought food into the house, she was mad. If he didn't bring food into the house, she was mad. She was always yelling at him for something connected to food. Or having to make, you know, five different meals for everyone and then criticizing them for eating something in front of her. So... A lot of times, you know, we think that we're being responsible by just always putting others first without realizing there's a reason why on the plane they say, put your own oxygen mask on first, then take care of your little ones, because then we're actually capable of doing it in a much better way. So this is a big uh, pitfall that I see the type A personalities like me fall into is we want to be responsible. And we want to take care of everyone around us. And we are strong and determined and we can operate and be functional in survival mode. So we do. But if we don't stop and take real stock of what we're doing to ourselves, that in reality, when you are binge eating, when you are dieting repeatedly, you are slowly breaking down your body. You are slowly breaking down your mind. This is a very slow form some slower than others, but this is how people kill themselves with health issues, with mental health issues, right? We keep depleting ourselves more and more without replenishing ourselves. 
without healing this for good. We stay in the same loop. And this is the frustrating part, right? For a lot of us who are type A is we, we it's, it's a, like a non-negotiable that we want to live a fulfilling life where we feel purposeful, where we feel helpful, where we feel like we're accomplishing things. Like this is when we feel our best, when we feel successful, right? So if we're constantly going through our eating, feeling like a failure, we keep reinforcing feelings of failure, feelings of failure, feelings of fa failure. How do you think that's going to affect every single other area of your life? We can't reach our potential as long as we're still carrying an eating disorder with us. We cannot do it. And this is why I wanted to create this series, especially for us who are type A. Let me know if you can relate to this, guys, by the way. Because if we don't, if we're not aware of these areas in our personality where we might be short-sighted or we might have these blind spots, it will keep persisting over time because we keep persisting over time. And if we just keep trying harder and trying to figure it out ourselves without getting the help, without getting the support, we're going to stay in a cycle. And then we miss out on everything. We miss out on our loved ones. We miss out on our own potential. We miss out on living a very intentional and purposeful, successful life. It's not enough to just get by by functioning, right? We can do it, right? Anyone can really, you know, the truth is our life is our own. We can squander it if we want. But most people who are type A are not willing to do this thing for food, for a food obsession of all things. So insignificant, right? So what I would love for us to do is next week to address your strengths, how to use your strengths to end your eating disorder permanently. And the week after that, I'll give you a real example of someone who actually did that recently. So uh, that's what we'll do. By the way, uh, our rewired eating program, as of today, we just started with a group of 10. So enrollment is closed right now. It's completely full. But uh, I will be running this program again. So if you are interested in ending your eating disorder and actually getting the help and making the real move rather than staying in the loop, reach out to me. Let me know you'd like to be put on the priority list then I will reach out to you first when I'm ready to open this back up. And then we can see if it's a fit for you to join and end your eating disorder once and for all and not have to deal with this nonsense anymore. Because that's what it is. Compared to the, the parts of your life that matter, this is nonsense, right? To be stuck in this loop around food. It's time to embrace your potential and embrace your beautiful life that you can you have all of this power to create. So you're not depleting your power with all of this obsession and compulsion around food. That's the idea, is to have real freedom so food is a complete non-issue. So if that sounds like what you want, just reach out to me, let me know you'd like to be on the priority list and I'll put you on and I'll reach out to you first when it's time. So um, I will see you next week. We'll talk about your strength as a type A and how to apply them. In the meantime, have plenty of awareness around these patterns because if you catch yourself going into them, that is half the battle because it's not just about creating new patterns. It's about stopping the old ones that keep us in the loop. So I hope you guys have found this helpful. I'll see you on the next episode and talk to you soon. 
Well done showing up for yourself and tuning into another episode. The best way to help yourself change is repetition. So take a moment now to write down your biggest takeaway from this episode in the comments. Also, please subscribe and follow for more. And if you haven't yet, join my email list. That's where I share my highly detailed writings on how to make your food freedom journey even faster and simpler. Go to katiepapo.com to join my email list now. And finally, if you're considering working with us privately, details for our 12-week intensive program can be found at katiepapo.com. Feel free to reach out to us directly with your questions. Keep showing up for yourself, be kind to yourself and others, and I hope to see you for the next episode.